Yes, we're on. Yes, we're on. it's episode five of the UK Scriptwriters Podcast. Hello and welcome. Uh, it's Friday, the twenty sixth of November, so I'm especially excited because it's Friday. Get and in. less than a month to Christmas, Danny. Have you got my present yet? Well, you know. I, I don't like anything to do with Christmas until at least the 1st of December. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so I mean, you know, take that out. Yeah, take that out. Anyway, so hello. It's been a busy old month. Um, so we're going to recap on some of the things we've been doing, mainly the London Screenwriters Festival. Uh, say hello to Tim Clegg, my colleague and uh, co host. Yes, uh, my name's Tim Clegg. This is Danny Stack. And hello. we've been doing the podcast now for about five months. And uh, Danny always likes to introduce us as. A modestly successful pair of writers in the fact we're doing bits and bobs we're earning our wages from doing things that we love doing yeah uh, but we haven't broken into the big time and we're not big shots that know everyone in the industry yes we have ups and downs just like you uh but we've managed to kind of break through in a few certain respects but that's why we we talk about this things we talk about really just to share what it's like but we had a good good time at the festival because oh, we yeah. were with our colleagues in the same situation as ourselves exactly yes a whole what's the collective noun for screenwriters a, a desperation of paragraphs <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so let's just crack on what we're going to do today we're going to we have some snippets from the london screenwriters festival some various bits and pieces that tim recorded on his iphone and the quality is still quite good. I'm impressed with that, That's Tim. all right, yeah. And uh, most excitingly today, we have um, lots of screenwriting giveaways to give away, uh, courtesy of Moviescope magazine. Uh, Moviescope, who um, very generously paid for our bandwidth so we could do these on the regular, uh, which is nice. Uh, Red Planet Prize update. Uh, we're down to the, the final uh, selection now, so the, the big-time judges are going to make their decision at the beginning of December, so we should have a winner and runners-up announced mid-December or early mid-December and then workshops in the new year. Uh, so that's exciting. So all you Red Planet Prize peeps, it's coming. It's coming soon. Right, let's have a reflection now. Just first of all, us two. Yeah. About what? why do we feel about when we get those bunch of writers together in one place? Uh, about 400, I think, in the end at the London Screenwriters Festival. If you didn't go there, shame, maybe we'll see you next time. If not, I'm sure you've been to something similar. Yes. Any workshop and so on. How do you feel when you get together with that many other people that are also trying to move forward and be better? What's What emotions does that bring in your mind, Danny? Well, generally, I love the vibe of it. Uh, I love the kind of... Uh, there's a general sense of positivity and... And kind of just excitement, really, I think, um, which is very kind of infectious and it's kind of inspiring. But then I have a flip side of that coin and I start to worry, uh, not worry as in, you know, sleepless night worry, but just think yeah, yeah. people go there expecting that that going to the event is going to change their lives somehow mm. or it's going to make a difference or they're going to talk to that agent or talk to that producer or they're their pitch is going to go down well and the pitching sessions and meet the agents and all that kind of stuff is really useful but I think people going there with any higher expectation rather than having a very good time and possibly making new contacts is being a bit unreasonable yeah I mean it reminds me of a, of a quite a dark story of a uh, not this one so I just want to make that super clear but of an event in America that was similar mm -hmm. but I always worry a bit about those kind of Hollywood 
screenwriting events because you know it's there to sort of draw in the greener people that don't really know. Yeah. But they had a pitching thing there and it was well known that you would send the trainee producer, the new agent and so on there to practice listening to pitches. Yeah. So those people weren't going to pick anything out there. There was Mm. zero chance. They had no... The, the brief was not to find anything interesting. Yeah. The brief was, can you see if you can sit there all day and listen to writers telling you shit ideas? That was like the that was what they were there to do. Mm. Now I'm not saying that's the same. That's a completely different kettle of fish. But at the same time, it does think. Well, if that's the sort of thing that's going on, you shouldn't be going with all your hope on any one event. Yeah, I mean, I just get excited because it gets me out of my screenwriting hut, you know. And so any kind of uh, draining of energy that that entails, which it does on, on mm. occasion, you go to something like that and it, you, you know, you're invigorated because all of a sudden you're surrounded by like-minded people, as you say. There's yeah. a whole writing community who know exactly what you're going through and you have free license to be a bore and talk about the thing you, that you love um, because that's what you're there for. Um, but then you look around and you see other people in the bar and the networking sessions or whatever and you can see the kind of extra bit of keenness or desperation in their eyes and um, the way they'll kind of pounce on the speakers at the end of the talks and and you just think I mean we've all done it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, but, oh, yeah but you're also told to do it and you're also told you know, to do it I mean it. if you if, if you go to any of these things they always say don't take any chance to get your script in and then this was made worse right by a, a story that happened straight after so I go to this thing and we're, t- we're virtually saying this at the, at the Screenwriters Festival. We're having this conversation oh, yeah, with yeah. Janice Day and Julian and all those other guys. And we're saying about, um, you know, people maybe inappropriately trying to pass their script. Right. And we're like, no, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't do that. You should have respect because this is another professional. Then afterwards, I go to a special Q&A screening of The King's Speech, which is a lovely film. Oh, yeah. And really well written. And uh, I do recommend that to everyone, that film. And um, the Jeffrey Rush was there talking about it, who's, uh, as you know, an actor, but also was involved in producing the film. And um, how did he get hold of it? Well, someone left the script under his doormat. And you're like, oh, why would you even say that? <laughs> now, it, now he probably can't get in his door. <laughs> but, you know, this is the thing. For every time you think, now I've got to hold back, you hear one more story about someone that didn't play by the rules but just somehow got it through a friend to someone else and this kind of thing. So who knows? I think in some ways you've got to take a chance. So haven't you, Danny, getting your script out there? You do. It's a difficult thing to negotiate at times. I mean, I think if you have a bit of common sense combined with, you know, actual proper passion rather than being a loon, um, <laughs> th- that, that helps a lot. <laughs> but so we're, go- we're going to maintain positive. We're going to look back on some of the sound bites that we have and we're going to talk... Uh, we're going to bounce off discussion from there. All right, go. Right, so this is with Christy Barnett, uh, who is a finalist, we've just learned, in the Red Planet. So, Christy, what have you learned today so far? Um, uh, the seminar that I found most valuable was the distribution seminar, where they talked... Pete Buckingham. Yes, that's right, Pete Buckingham. And he talked about... Um, the genre and how certain genres affect the way that salespeople look at uh, your, your script. That, that was really helpful. I thought, okay, if I change the way that I'm approaching my screenplays and look at basically the way that audiences see things, I might be able to get a sales, a sales distributor to uh, 
mark at me. Right, so the question there then, Danny, is almost like, is it better to run your script through the rules? Know the rules of a genre, stick to a genre, write to a genre that is sellable, or in some ways, write from creativity, from your heart, multi-genre pieces that are you might feel are richer but are harder to sell i mean that's something that crops up at the start of every project isn't it oh it's a, it's a fierce subject matter here in this country i think because genre in the uk can be very much a dirty word yes no nobody wants to kind of touch it or go near it no or they're snobby about it yeah and yet then when you go to talks with pete buckingham or anybody in distribution or sales They'll be like, where are all the good genre scripts? Yeah. Why aren't we making good genre films? David Cameron said recently um, what the UK film industry needed to do in order to survive was to make more films like Harry Potter. Yeah. And so you're like, yeah, gee, thanks, um, Mr. Cameron, for that amazing bit of insight. Why didn't I think of that kind of thing? Um, but it's so it's true. It's like everybody knows that we should be making these types of films if we want to make money. But in this country, we're almost ashamed to do it because it's like we have we have something different or better to say. Well, isn't it because we see we 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 think of the word genre, we think of horror, straight to DVD, where you just like because um, obviously we go. We've been to Cannes, yeah, and you've seen that film market, yeah. Which if if you guys haven't been, then I will paint a picture through the power of words. <laughs> picture any trade event. Um, say the kettle trade event or whatever and it's just a room a warehouse full of little stalls and people flogging kettles right like that now replace it with films so it's just a big conference hall and there's people there there's one company that just does sports films with animals in and that's the that's their genre and you go up to them and go oh yeah this is great we've got a big teen market in um my region and they go, look, how, do you, how many dozen do you want? And that's how they buy and sell films. So as creative people, we might back away from that. But without genre, that market can't operate because if you want horror, you go to the horror dudes and you can buy, what do you, how many do you want? You know, you tick, you want four, I want eight, I want 12 horror straight to DVD, see you later, I'll put them in the garage, you know, they'll sell at, sell at five pound a pop, and more. you know, this kind of... This kind of mentality. Now you can see why we backtrack away from that mm. because we see the genre to be straight to DVD genres. But all films somehow must fit into a genre, mustn't they? I mean, there's well, no yeah, I think the original, no. but they might be comedy western. They can be two. Yeah, and no, rom coms are big, um, comedies and horror, anything like that. I mean, drama is a big, broad genre, which with lot, lots of subcategories and subgenres. But the thing about genres filmmaking generally is that it's expensive to make mm. and which is why we don't do it over here more regularly I think um, it's um, writing genre flicks I think you really have to have a passion for the films that you really enjoy seeing and that's the films you want to write because if you just want to write a rom-com just because they make lots of money you'll be you know people will see right through no you can't away. do that no. no you can't do that so I mean a good example of this is um, a friend of mine Kevin Lehane He's, he worked on my uh, short film, uh, Origin, last year. And then afterwards he came to me and he said, I've, I've got these genre scripts and they're the kind of things that I really love writing, but I can't get them read in the country. And I remember, I remember saying to him, I said, well, I think there are genre producers here. Mm. Um, but obviously, you know, they're, they're 
smaller or fewer than um, in America. And generally, they're the big guns like Working Title or Ealing Studios or people like that. But then there's the horror people or the comedy horror people that they can make it on the lower budget. They can, they can. And those guys are out there, but they won't be at the Screenwriters Festival or those kinds of more creative places. To tell you why, because they're at other trade events making a lot of money. Yeah. They're not sitting around talking about three-act structures and, you know, different ways of thinking about the symbolism of characters. Mm. They're out there flogging, you know, big libraries of films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so those guys are there, and I think it's a case of hunting them down and, 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 and looking at, oh, I don't even, I'm teaching people to sack eggs here, but, you know, looking at the films that have been successful in the area, who produced them, finding those people, getting in touch with them directly, not trying to do it within the industry because mm. those genre people tend to be a bit on the outside of the industry because they know their people already. Yeah. They they're not looking for more people to know. They're just getting on with work, making horror films all day, every day and doing it. Yeah. Simple as that. Well, I think it's good as well when you're starting out or even when you're kind of on the up or up and coming or established, whatever it is, it's, it's to know what kind of writer you are and don't be ashamed of of saying it. It's like Kevin was like, I've got these genre scripts, I love writing them. And uh, he he got to get his script to working title in the end. And they didn't make it, but they passed it on and recommended it. And mm. now it's going into production next week. Mm. You know, uh, budget is like about three million, I think. Uh, and you think, there you go, that's fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, and the system works, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think this leads us into our next clip, isn't it? Of... Yeah. of couple of guys we spoke yeah. about let's play it let's, let's play, play it. it okay so uh chris hill i'm a screenwriter who's worked on skins and uh the best piece of advice i heard earlier today was probably the first session which was all about a sort of uh, motivational th- piece that was essentially about being confident about saying who you are so to have sort of justification when you say i'm a writer i'm colvin de gill i'm a comedy writer sci-fi thriller. Basically, I'm a, a genre writer. Well, um, when I did the, um, the MA, I, I really went into um, um, the preparation, the pre-writing, and I took that on, sort of, I just went with it. But um, my schedule's been so busy in the last month that I've sort of kind of rediscovered the idea of just the joy of actually plunging straight into it. And, yeah, both have their benefits. Actually, can I just go off on a tangent a bit Tim we oh. might we might cut this out I don't know it's just like I've been going through it even recently because I mean I write across a few different genres yes and I was told recently via a kind of producer who had a meeting with an exec about a project that I was attached to and the exec said we just don't know what kind of writer Danny is mm. which was um well, it was really annoying when I first heard of it, but it was interesting as well. Yeah. Because I have other friends who write across genres and they're quite successful as well. Yeah. So it's not impeded. A lot of producers really like it. Yeah. Uh, and yet then you have some people like that stupid exec uh, who said, oh, nah, 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 and you just think, well, you know, I do animation, I do a bit of comedy and I do a bit of horror and do a bit of this. It's like I do what I where my passion leads, wherever I think. Yeah, but there's there can be another way to think about that. Danny, which is that we've talked about genre as one way of slicing the cake. But there's other people, and Miss Martin, where he was coming from, this exec that you're talking about, because they, they might have wanted to say, I love Danny, He's his dialogue super sharp, or is always a satirical dark edge to everything that he does, whatever genre it is. Or he might say, he takes any genre 
flips it around and, and plays with the conventions. So it hasn't got to be genres not is not is one way a great way of putting your writing in a in a sellable box. Mm. So it's on the shelf and people can take it if they want to look at it. But there's other ways which is you can approach things in a certain method or have a specialism of structure, of characters, of dialogue and so on. So it's not just that. And it might have been that's what they meant. So they might have been, yeah, I've seen all Danny's work, but there's not a thread through it that mm. I can follow to say there's so many writers. You know what's going through their mind. There's so many writers. Why would I pick Danny, not another writer? That's yeah. what that statement means. Yeah. Because they're not sure what you can bring that no one else, that they know already out of all these other people can do. Yeah. And they might be able to do it a bit quicker or a bit cheaper or they just know them a bit more. Mm. So, you know, I'd say to any writer is you're really trying to find that angle and that hook that says, this is what I do better than anyone else. Yeah. Genre's just one way. Does that make sense? Absolutely. But you know what was really annoying was that I actually knew the exec and I've worked for them. And all they had to do was kind of, you know, be really useful for me. Yeah. <laughs> to know that up front instead of put, attaching my name to a project that is going to be... But you know. who would, yeah, but I mean, who knows, this is, this, but this is how people are, mate. It's just ridiculous. People, it's not ridiculous, is no, it? No. Well, I mean, I this is just what people are. They don't go out of their way to say to you or ask you that question. They're just like, mm, they just, they just pick it up over yeah. time and they don't, that's a throwaway comment, but you're lucky to have got that feedback because most of the time no one gets any feedback of that career. Yeah you know, basis. You talk about scripts, but you've, you've been lucky to get that f feedback and I'm sure you can do something with that. Yeah. No, in I'm the way that you introduce yourself maybe from now on, you know. You yeah. Can... No, I'm still happy to be a multi-genre writer uh, at the moment. I am thinking of maybe kind of singling out one particular one and saying I'm best at this. Yeah. Or whatever. But anyway, that's a different topic. All right. Uh, going back to what Kalvinder was talking about, which was basically about process, wasn't it? In yeah. To yeah, outline, yeah, yeah. not outline. And I think what happens as new or aspiring writers might go to festivals or London Screenwriters Festival, whatever, go to certain talks where there'll be certain advice given and you think, right, well, I have to do that. If I'm to succeed, if I'm to get ahead, yeah. I have to outline. Yeah. If I don't, I'm not a real writer. Yeah. If I don't, if I don't do yeah. this, I'm not a real writer. And it's, it's all, it's not rubbish, but it's, it's all, it's completely up to you. Yeah. It's like, Tim does his charts and outlines yeah. to death. Yeah. I don't know anyone that does more charting than I do. I look at Tim's charts and I get a migraine. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. just think... But I to me, and this is why it is so personal, to me it's freeing because I'm like, right, I know if I start writing this, I know it will join up. I know I, every setup has a payoff and there's no payoff that doesn't have a setup. I know that everyone's doing something that makes sense to them as a character and it's all going to work. So then when I'm writing it, I'm free of that and I can just enjoy character details, bits of funny comedy bits, great words, great lines, and, and I'll feel great to do it. Now, I've got other, you know other people, we all know other people. The other way around, they're like, no, 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 you're taking away the uh, spirit of just writing down who knows what my characters are going to say and where it's all going to go and so on. And... Um, but because I've sort of set myself up, coming back to that discussion of what do you do as a writer, what genre do you work, I've sort of set myself up as um, a geeky writer. So for me, everything does have to work out and be quite plotted just because that's my mental pattern and I so celebrate that right. and make a big thing out of it. Yeah. I get the charts out in meetings, as you know. <laughs> and, and, you know, at least people know 
what I do. Yeah. So I, I've made a thing out of that. Yeah. No, I, just don't beat yourself up over it, though. I no, think. no, no. It's like if you. Well, it took me a long time to find that as my way. Yeah. And so I think other people have to do that journey of discovery how they like to work. Definitely, because it, personally, for me, I find some outlines really are helpful, and I really need them. And without them, I wouldn't have written anything anyway. And other times, I find them restrictive, and it's like even though it's what I've written, it's not what I want to write in terms of the script and so I'll just ignore it um, so just find whatever's good for you um, TV writing you have to do it's obligatory because the producers and script editors want to know what you're going to write before you yeah. start writing it and that's that's good to do and that's a different kind of um, discipline and it's nice um, and you won't get paid if, unless you do it so you have to do it now, we talked a bit about us working with the industry, and that leads us nicely on to the next clip. Yes. Which is with Ian Kennedy. Okay, so we've got here Ian Kennedy, who's more from a radio background. And uh, Ian, what is the um, best thing that you've learned so far? Um, it's interesting. There's, there's a real disjuncture at the moment I'm perceiving in all these sessions between people on the panels who are saying, we're always looking for great scripts. We love great scripts. Where are they? Why can't we find them? Please give us great scripts. And most of the people who sometimes quite desperately ask questions, um, wondering why when they're sending out scripts all the time, uh, no one seems to be picking up if those are great or not or if maybe it's they're just not getting good enough feedback or whatever but I think there's a lot of people on the floor who are quite feeling there is that brick wall there which I agree with the people on the panel it isn't there but um, uh, how, do, how do you break through that you know get the attention well that's a big question there Danny I that's mean, why, a big one why you know I, 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 I'm not sure that Ian's got his finger on the right answer at the end although it's probably a throwaway comment um which is how do you get attention is what he ends that with and i'm not sure that that's the the right way because that indicates a kind of if you just do things louder you, you know then your script will be there yeah i think it's first of all go back to genre i think some people are sending the wrong genre to the wrong people right. or the other way around you yeah. see what i'm saying um but I also think there's just a thing about, I think people's scripts are probably pretty good. Yes. When they're sending them. However, there's so many other good ones. Yes. It, 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 and, and when people say, where are the good scripts? Of course, the scripts probably are in front of them. They're all probably, you know, are, are people that have been doing it a few years, even people that are doing really well out there that are still in that, you know, spec pile because they, they've got a couple of passion projects. And, those scripts are probably good. However, they're probably a bit the same as a lot of the other ones that are in that pile. Absolutely. So what they mean is, I think, we want good scripts. What they actually mean is we want to see a script that we've not seen the like of before. That's right. actually what they're after, isn't it? It's, People it's, out in the biz. It's the, it's the scripts they want to make is what they want, they're after. Yeah. Uh, and that's the, that's the frustrating thing. It's like you go to seminars or festivals and they say, where are all the good writers? Where are all the good scripts? And there's a room full of 200 writers and they're thinking, well, I've got one in my pocket. Do yeah. You, do you want to read it? Yeah. And you read it and it doesn't do anything for you or, you know. Yeah. It's, it, yeah but, but, it's, you, but it's but it's it's a competent script. Absolutely. So I think scripts more show off if you're a competent writer or not. Mm. And, on, and it's the whole subjectivity thing of 
whether it really rocks somebody's boat or if it connects with them. Yeah. Or if it's a I mean, true you, genre piece. I don't know if you've had the same thing, but I mean, I've sent out the same script to a few different people and the feedback can be like, I, I just didn't really like this at all. Yes. So I've got, I've got a, um, a script which has got a mythical structure to it. Mm. So it's, the, it's a, um, uh, not a three-act structure. It's a kind of a journey structure. So you, don't, you see characters and you never come back to them because you're on a mythical odyssey, uh, however it's set in modern day. Now, some people are like, this is, this is a, appalling structure. They just don't get it. Mm. But then you get other people going, uh, oh, this is really great. You know, this is uh, exciting. I, I like those range of characters. And they get it. Yeah. And they, but they still might think it's not commercial. Yeah. Now, that's the range of things that you can, you can get just from one thing. But that just goes to show you can't... Um, it, 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 there's such a range of what a good script means. Mm. It's it's not. It's 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 still got that subjectivity, hasn't it? Yeah. And also, I think a, a point to remember is when execs, producers, or whoever it might be, go to speak at festivals, they don't want to look like dickheads. Right. They're going to say things that are the right things to say. We want your passion. We want mm. you, the great scripts. Uh, be ambitious. All the rest of it. But then when you actually have the meetings with them. They'll be like, this is, this is too expensive to make. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, well, that's my ambition out the window. Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know. But you, that's still the right thing to do. Yeah. Because what you don't want to say to people is, um, just write this. Right, so, this is Piers, who's not done anything with his life. Piers, <laughs> what... <laughs> what? What's I've not the... done anything I'm famous for with my well, life. All right, slight, whatever. What... Slight yet important difference. Indeed. Call yourself an interviewer. What is the best thing you've learned so far today? That's the big question. The best thing I learned so far today was in the accountants panel. Um, it was a company called H.W. Fisher, and they came down. There was only six people in this, in this room, and everyone else at this festival is an idiot for not attending. Reason being, these, these accountants were saying how you personally as a writer can write off expenses against tax this is free money everyone has been going to all the all of the sessions about isn't how to make your writing better no one goes to the session about how to get free money from the government for example best tip if you get a laptop as a gift that laptop could be written off against tax at 100% of the current market value there you go. Anyone that's been given a laptop, that's £100 of free money for you right there next year when your tax return comes round. Right, nothing to add to that, really. We don't want to get into the world of tax. No. But Boring. Best for people to actually do think about, are they missing out on financial opportunities they needn't miss out on? That's really, I guess, all we want to say about, say about that. Yes. Now, let's have a think about some of the things that we've seen. Um... Uh, reviews that, reviews that relate to what we've talked about um i've got a double sort of review a compare and contrast if you remember your dissertation days yes um i saw a couple of films i saw alice in wonderland on um not not at the cinema on dvd tim burton's tim burton's sort of um you know recent one and then i also saw uh, a european it's a french and uh, belgian and Dutch co-production 
called A Town Called Panic. Now, you might not know that film. I don't know if you've heard of that, Danny. But what it is, it's um, an animation from the guys that made the Cravendale milk adverts, oh, where it's really like, like the cowboy and the thing, and they go, milk! <laughs> I love that. Well, yeah. they've done a feature Brilliant. in exactly that style. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, both of these follow the mythical structure, or they should do. So, so is it U- it's UK, but European, did you say? What? No, it's all European, all right. so it's subtitled, despite the fact that it's nonsensical language almost. Um, so both of these have got this unusual structure, or Alice in Wonderland should have. So Alice in Wonderland is a great example of the fact that, you know, I'm talking about the uh, source material. You, you meet the Cheshire Cat, and you're done with the Cheshire Cat, and then you meet, and it moves on, that's, how it, that's the joy of it. And now with this new Tim Burton thing, they've tried to take that and thread in a, a kind of a conflict structure that ends in a big fight because you've got to have that haven't you that's how films work isn't it and i'm like no <laughs> it isn't you've sort of completely missed the point of how the the fantastical structure works which is it's like a dream where things occur mm. and you don't come back to them and there's a sort of a joy in meeting a bunch of oddballs when they've all got to come together and express their differences through physical conflict I'm a bit like no you've lost this mate this Mm. has got well away from where it should be that's obviously my personal take on it and I thought it looked lovely now Town Called Panic same thing because it's just a kind of a crazy trip of a ride about a cowboy and Indian and a horse that live in a house together and go on an idiotic adventure because they order two million bricks instead of 200 I mean it's just like it doesn't make any sense but it just goes forward all the time just a series of crazy events obviously minuscule budget compared to Alice in Wonderland they've both kind of got that animated feel to it I know yeah. I know I say one's live action but all that post-production work makes it almost animated yeah and the other one is just completely animated but I mean it's just got some sort of charm to it mm. even though it's a little cowboy toy there's some warmth to it in the writing of these odd little characters but they've all got little flaws and they just got a lovely life. If someone says, you write the next one, I would not have a clue how to do it. And I like that. Okay. I like that a lot. But which one is going to make more money? Or has done, obviously. Well, I'll tell you which one's probably more profitable for investment. Oh, it's the smaller one. Yeah. yeah. Because I bet it costs less, but would earn more compared to how much it costs. Whereas as one costs so much to make, you've really got to have a massive hit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure it's a massive, massive hit out there. What about yourself? What have you been... What's your compare and contrast? My or? compare and contrast is to do with some fine pieces of TV genre writing that are going on at the moment. Uh, one is Misfits on E4. Do you watch Misfits? Off and on. Off and on. And the other one is a new one. Uh, called The Walking Dead, which is currently on FX channel. For all oh, I, don't, I can't watch that though, Danny. I'm not rich like you. I haven't got <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm sure it'll be on the, uh, a proper UK channel uh, soon. <laughs> uh, hopefully. It's got a UK actor as in the lead role play, right. playing an American, which is great. Andrew Lincoln, who oh, yeah, yeah, you might yeah, know yeah, as yeah. Egg from This yeah, Life, yeah. all you 90 boomers. Um, <laughs> so, it's... The thing about Misfits and the thing about Walking Dead is they're presenting you with an idea within a genre that you are well familiar with. Mm. And the idea is the same as any other that you've heard of before. But what they do is they put their own spin on it Mm. and they make it more interesting Mm. and they make it more exciting than you would have previously imagined. So Misfits is about a teenage um, 
superheroes who become, they're accidental superheroes they get caught in a lightning storm and they develop superpowers so you just think a US version of heroes maybe mm. but it's not it's very UK in its mm. style and tone it's got a great dialogue great characters um, if Breaking Bad was my favourite US TV show then Misfits is my favourite UK show of last year and this mm. year mm. Uh, written by Howard Overman it's beautifully directed as well by two Toms two, Tom Green and Tom Harper um, and I, I ju it's just really funny and it's really twist your expectations and it's just good fun and The Walking Dead is a zombie drama where a guy wakes up from a coma and it's a zombie apocalypse and you just think oh god where have we seen yeah, all these yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, 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 ridiculous yeah, yeah. tropes that we've just seen a million times before but then you just start watching it and it's just really good because it's, it's taking it from a more character point of view for one but also really enjoying its genre expectations for two yeah. in terms of it gets hardcore with its violence mm. with the zombies and it doesn't flinch away from what the characters have to do mm. to kill a zombie or mm. whatever it might be and it's just it's kind of compelling and i'm really enjoying it and even though it's like well these ideas you see in yeah, the spec yeah, yeah, pile yeah. all the time but of course it's written by frank darabont right who's done shawshank redemption yeah yeah yeah. and yeah, the yeah, mist yeah. have you seen the mist do you know about the mist uh no i've, I've heard of the mist yeah he did the Mist, which was steve stephen king's story right. and it's it's kind of known for its bleak ending mm. which he didn't change for the film which is why i think most people don't know about the mist yeah, yeah, yeah. because it didn't do big no. business because of its no. bleak bleak ending but it's really good and i think the walking dead takes on that kind of tone from the mist of just p normal people reacting to a, a supernatural situation right. and what it might be like. Right. Um, and so there, yeah, so check it out. Misfits, fantastic. Walking Dead, still on every Friday, I think. Oh, I Sky Plus it. Let's get on to this competition. Competition got... time. It's a jingle. Do it again. Competition time. Okay, it's the competition <laughs> time, everyone. And um, yeah, we've got... Uh, uh, movie magic screenwriting software to give away one of those we've got the dvd of uh, screenwriters interviews um and we've got some trial five trial subscriptions to the moviescape magazine as well to give away and we've got gone for kind of a genre satirical question now i was keen not to have a question that everyone can tot away with and find the answer on imdb because i know what you like because that's what i do <laughs> plus Let's keep it creative because we're supposed to be creative and we're going to call your bluff and find out if you are. So the question is around Casablanca, which we all know everyone loves to dissect and twiddle around with. So we'll have a bit of fun with that and say if they were making Casablanca 2 as a more of a genre pick, pick your own genre, what would you call it? So it'd be Casablanca 2, colon, whatever, Reven Revenge of the Rick. Yeah. <laughs> But then a tagline as well. And obviously, make that um, clear what kind of you know genre you love to, to twist that around in so you can do a zombie Casablanca too. It's gone zombie or whatever you want. Yeah, this time it's personal, all that type of thing. All, that, all this kind of fun. Um, but um, email those in. We've got a special email now, um, which you can also send your questions feedback. that you want us to look at and any feedback Comments, and ideas. Abuse. Things that you think are great that yeah. maybe we should check out for our reviews. And this the email is ukscriptwriters at hotmail.com. So that's really simple, ukscriptwriters at hotmail.com. Um, and just the thing about the um, the title for Casablanca, the sequel, it's uh, the title and a tagline, not a logline. Yes. So, like in space, no one can hear you scream. That's a tagline. 
uh, for Alien. It's not the logline for Alien, um, which w would be a broad kind of summary of the story in one or two sentences. So we just want a snappy little tagline to go with the title. Um, so yeah. So yeah, email us at ukscriptwriters at hotmail.com. You can check out our respective blogs online, Twitter, Facebook, all of those things. If you really want to, you'll find us. No problem. We won't bore you with the details here. We've gone way over time. Yeah. I don't know how much we're going to edit out. Maybe nothing because it's, we're hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>